Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Thursday, March 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Jackson Bird, with a summary of election news. Today, Senator Elizabeth Warren has dropped out of the race. Biden is surging in Florida. The Sanders campaign is changing tactics and a brief look ahead to the next primaries. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. Senator Elizabeth Warren has officially dropped out of the presidential race. In statements to both her staff and later to reporters, she affirmed that she will not be endorsing anyone today. She wants to focus on making sure her team is taken care of first and then weigh her options and think strategically about timing. In other words, she's making a plan for that. Quoting the New York Times announcement this morning, Though her support had eroded by Super Tuesday, in her final weeks as a candidate, she effectively drove the centrist billionaire, former New York Mayor Bloomberg, out of the race with debate performances that flashed her evident skills and political potential. She entered the race railing against the corrosive power of big money, and one long-term consequence of her campaign is that Ms. Warren demonstrated that someone other than Senator Bernie Sanders and his intensely loyal small-dollar donors could fund a credible presidential campaign without holding fundraisers. Still, Ms. Warren's political demise was a death by a thousand cuts, not a dramatic implosion, but a steady decline. Last October, according to most national polls, Ms. Warren was the national pace setter in the Democratic field. By December, she had fallen to the edge of the top tier, wounded by a presidential debate in November where her opponents relentlessly attacked her. She invested heavily in the early states with a ground game that was the envy of rivals, but it did not pay off. In the first four early voting states, Ms. Warren slid from third place in Iowa to fourth in New Hampshire and Nevada to fifth in South Carolina. By Super Tuesday, her campaign was effectively over, with the final blow of a third-place finish in the primary of her home state, Massachusetts. The news clarifies that a Democratic field that began with a record number of female candidates has now become a contest of men aged 77 and up. Ms. Warren's exit also clears the party's left lane for Mr. Sanders, who had a more muted showing on Super Tuesday than polls had predicted. The Sanders campaign will now aim to attract enough of Ms. Warren's ideologically progressive supporters to put him over the top in a closely contested primary. End quote. Some folks aren't so sure Sanders can count on those votes, though. Charlotte Adler, Time National correspondent, tweeted Wednesday before the news of Senator Warren ending her campaign, quote, If Warren drops out, I'm not so sure Bernie can necessarily count on those voters. Many are educated liberals who like Warren because they're attracted to her practicality, alienated from Bernie's sometimes aggressive base, and want Trump gone more than they want revolution. Put another way, despite their ideological similarities, if you're still voting for Warren at this point, it means you have deep reservations about Bernie. And the way many high-profile Warren supporters have been treated by the Bernie base doesn't help. Anecdotally, I'm hearing from Warren voters saying they now plan to vote for Biden and that the mistreatment from the Bernie base is a big part of that calculation. She continued down thread, To be clear, a lot of Warren voters will definitely move to Bernie if she drops out. They still share a lot of similarly progressive policies, they're friendly with each other, and Biden has many of his own weaknesses. But Bernie likely won't get all of her voters. End quote. Kimberly Atkins, Washington reporter for WBUR, said today on Twitter after news of Warren dropping out broke, quote, A reminder that Elizabeth Warren already had an opportunity to endorse Bernie Sanders for president in 2016. She endorsed Hillary Clinton, end quote. 
According to a Morning Consult poll conducted earlier this week, about 43% of Warren supporters list Sanders as their second choice, while about 36% listed Biden. Warren herself, in response to reporters earlier today, said that her supporters should take a deep breath and take some time before deciding on their second choice. Returning to the New York Times, quote, Ms. Warren's allies and supporters said the question of electability, who would be the surest bet to defeat the president, disproportionately hurt all the women who ran for president this cycle. Voters, they argue, were swayed by a media narrative that a woman would have a more difficult time defeating Mr. Trump, informed by Mrs. Clinton's unexpected loss in 2016. Author and columnist Jessica Valenti, writing in a Medium piece after Super Tuesday's results, had this to say. Don't tell me this isn't about sexism. I've been around too long for that. Even just supporting Warren has come with an unbearable amount of misogynist condescension. I'm tired of being told that I'm a single-issue voter because I care about a candidate's gender, even if it's not the only thing I care about. I'm over being made to feel as if representation for half the population isn't a necessary and radical political position. She continues, Whoever the nominee is, their campaign is going to have to come to terms with the intense misogyny so many female voters have dealt with, and understand that it's an issue we care deeply about. And their supporters are going to have to let us be sad, depressed even, that once again we're going to watch a race to leadership between old white men. These are candidates who, despite their many admirable qualities, don't have the same proactive plans for issues that impact women like reproductive rights and maternal mortality and don't understand the way misogyny is embedded in nearly every aspect of American life. End quote. Data for Progress did a study that backs up some of these sexist claims with hard data, not just about Warren, but all of the former women presidential candidates. It's a lot to go into on a quick podcast, so I'll just recommend checking it out yourself at the link in the show notes. While Warren isn't endorsing anyone just yet, even before she dropped out last night, Rachel Maddow had asked Senator Sanders if he would pick Warren as a running mate. He said, quote, It's too early to talk about that, but certainly I have a lot of respect for Senator Warren and would love to sit down and talk to her about what kind of role she can play in our administration. End quote. Speaking to her staff earlier today, Senator Warren said, quote, do things to take care of yourselves, gather up your energy, because I know you are coming back. I know you, and I know that you aren't ready to leave this fight. You know, I used to hate goodbyes. Whenever I taught my last class or when we moved to a new city, those final goodbyes used to wrench my heart. But then I realized that there is no goodbye for much of what we do. When I left one place, I took everything I'd learned before and all the good ideas that were tucked into my brain and all the good friends that were tucked in my heart, and I brought it all forward with me and it became part of what I did next. This campaign is no different. I may not be in the race for president in 2020, but this fight, our fight, is not over, and our place in this fight has not ended. She concluded, Our work continues, the fight goes on, and big dreams never die. A new poll from St. Pete's Polls, commissioned by Florida Politics, shows Vice President Biden with a 49-point lead over Senator Bernie Sanders in Florida ahead of the March 17th primary there. The poll was conducted yesterday, Wednesday the 4th, so it's possible not all respondents had heard the news of Mike Bloomberg dropping out yet because he actually polled ahead of Senator Sanders just barely. Uh, so Biden polled at 61% with likely Democratic voters in Florida. Bloomberg was at 13.5%, Sanders at 12 
and Warren at 5. The poll has a margin of error of 2.3. That's a 27% bump for Biden since St. Pete's last poll was conducted on February 25th, and considering Bloomberg has since dropped out and endorsed Biden, that's probably even better news for Biden with likely voters in Florida. Quoting The Hill, To be sure, polls are not predictive, but rather capture a particular moment in the campaign. Still, if Biden emerges from the state's primary later this month with such a massive share of the vote and no other candidate manages to notch at least 15%, the former vice president would walk away with all of Florida's 219 pledged delegates, end quote. Biden also has a wide lead with various voting blocks in Florida. About 69% of black voters in this poll say they support him and about 60% of Hispanic voters In the 2016 Democratic primary, black and Hispanic voters made up about 25 and 20 percent of the vote, respectively. Quoting The Hill again, Sanders has performed well among Latino voters in other parts of the country like California and Texas, but the poll from Florida shows his support among those voters declining. The St. Pete poll survey released last week showed him with more than 19 percent support among Hispanic voters in the Sunshine State. The poll released on Thursday, however, shows that support dropping to single digits at 8.5%. That drop may reflect the backlash to comments Sanders made last month praising the late Cuban dictator Fidel Castro's investments in healthcare and literacy. Those remarks are seen as particularly taboo in Florida, where hundreds of thousands of Cuban refugees fled following the revolution that put Castro in power. In another worrisome sign for Sanders, the poll shows him with only about 13.5% support among voters between the ages of 18 and 29 in Florida. In many other parts of the country, the Vermont senator leads among those voters. End quote. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So how are things looking in the Sanders camp? Quoting Politico. The Super Tuesday shellacking was so thorough that Bernie Sanders' strategy changed overnight. It had to. The decades-long refusal to air negative TV ads is out. Spots highlighting former President Barack Obama's praise of him are in. End quote. Sanders campaign co-chair Representative Ro Khanna explained the campaign's new strategy to broaden his base, especially trying to appeal to Biden's strong block of older voters and mainstream Democrats. Khanna said, quote, 
We need to make the case that single-payer health care will provide long-term care, dental and vision for seniors, that our policies are pro-innovation and economic growth, and that we are very proud of the accomplishments of the Democratic Party, starting from FDR, and are building an inclusive coalition to complete the New Deal. End quote. Continuing from Politico, Sanders aides still very much see a path to victory. They believe he has a shot at winning five of the six states that vote next week, including Michigan and Washington, which have the day's largest delegate halls. On March 17th, they see states such as Illinois and Arizona, the latter of which is home to many Latino voters, among whom he has performed well in the first 18 states, as strong spots, end quote. Sanders' campaign also points to the advantage of clarity in a one-on-one race, being able to focus on highlighting the differences between Sanders and Biden. Will it all be enough, though? The Washington Post, referencing some outward campaign strategy shifts in recent days, said, quote, The flurry of activity amounted to the clearest acknowledgement yet that the coalition Sanders has built, which is composed largely of young people, liberals, working-class voters, and Latino voters, has failed to expand since Sanders' upstart 2016 bid, all as the rest of the party has coalesced behind Biden. Exit polls showed that the struggles Sanders experienced among black voters four years ago against Clinton were largely unchanged. Black voters boosted Biden across southern states on Super Tuesday, with exit polling showing that he won the votes of roughly 7 in 10 black voters in Virginia and Alabama and did nearly as well in North Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas, getting roughly 60% of the black vote. Sanders' push to broaden the electorate with scores of new voters rallying behind him hasn't been realized, and he has struggled to persuade voters that a leftist political revolution is the best way to beat President Trump. Now, Sanders is confronting a radically different political landscape from 11 days ago, when he was flying high after a decisive win in Nevada seemed to put him in the driver's seat in the Democratic race, divisions in the moderate wing of the party that enabled him to succeed with a limited, if loyal, base have been resolved. End quote. Still, Politico writes, Sanders and his team are used to being counted out and have long been more comfortable as the underdog than the frontrunner. In the all-staff call Wednesday, Faiz Shakir, Sanders' campaign manager, told aides that the corporate, media, and political establishments were never going to make it easy for him. They have power for a reason, and they're pretty good at maintaining it, he said. But every time the campaign has faced adversity, he argued, it has risen to the challenge. End quote. Now that the dust has settled on Super Tuesday, let's check back in on how things are shaping up. The current delegate tally, according to NPR, is 596 for Joe Biden and 531 for Bernie Sanders. None of the candidates who have dropped out had more than 70 delegates apiece, uh, though in total there's a little over 150 delegates currently allocated to candidates no longer in the race. Quoting Nate Cohn in the New York Times, Overall, Mr. Biden holds only 45% of pledged delegates after Super Tuesday, according to preliminary upshot estimates, while Mr. Sanders is expected to finish with around 39%. These tallies could change depending on the eventual result in California, which might not become official for weeks, but if they hold, Mr. Biden's delegate lead would be far from irreversible. In fact, Mr. Sanders would need to defeat Mr. Biden by only three points in the remaining two-thirds of the country to overtake him. A three-point deficit is not a daunting handicap, certainly not when Mr. Biden was polling 20 points lower just a few days ago. But the Super Tuesday results do not augur well for Mr. Sanders' odds of pulling it off. 
He remained so competitive on Super Tuesday in part because of the large number of early and absentee voters who cast ballots before it became apparent that Mr. Biden was the viable moderate candidate. End quote. Another piece from the New York Times points out the generational divide between the two candidates, with Biden doing extremely well with older voters and Sanders doing extremely well with younger voters. Quote, In Alabama, the state where Mr. Sanders performed worst on Tuesday, he still won young voters, those under 30, by a sizable margin, carrying about 45% of them, compared with 32% for Mr. Biden, exit polls showed. And in Vermont, Mr. Biden nearly matched Mr. Sanders among those aged 65 or older, while nearly 7 in 10 voters under 40 went with Mr. Sanders. In California, Mr. Sanders carried those under 30 with 72%, compared with a paltry 5% for Mr. Biden, the exit polls there showed. Going forward, the primary seems likeliest to be eventually determined by whoever can capture those between 40 and 65. End quote. Nate Cohn concludes, quote, Mr. Sanders now needs around 57% of the remaining delegates to claim a majority. To pull it off, he would need to post decisive victories in states he would have almost certainly lost if they had voted on Super Tuesday. He would probably need the race to fundamentally change in the coming weeks, as it has before, end quote. And indeed, it has. While it feels like we might be entering stable new ground, this election has had plenty of sharp turns in the past, so... Never say never. And that is the election roundup for the day. As always, you can find Election Ride Home on Twitter at Election Podcast or on Facebook at Election Ride Home. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day.